Welcome to the culture of you, meaningful dialogue with me and my favorite people. What's up, y'all? All right. So welcome to the culture of you. I am Karen Hewitt, your host for this show. And this is my first recording of a guest. This is the first time I have a guest on this show. And so I am honored today to talk about someone else, not myself. It is Corey Williams. I got Corey Williams with me. Corey is, is a makeup aficionado. Uh, a vocalist, an MC, a panel moderator, community advocate. We'll call him a jack of all trades, really. Whatever you need, you can get that from Corey, minus a few things, but we'll let him tell you what those things are. And then we also have Anissa Love. Corey is also Anissa Love, drag queen, mother of Columbus. We got costuming, choreo, show producing, directing, a mentor to all of us little drag babies all around the city and the nation, an actress now, we can add actress to the repertoire, a vocalist and singer extraordinaire, and really a deal of all trades in, in that space. So welcome, Corey. I couldn't be more excited to have you as a guest on this first episode. How are you? <laughs> I am so excited. Hi, everybody. That seemed real gay, yes. but I am that gay. was I asked for the gay or the better, and I'm and so happy you gave me that. I am actually <laughs> really gay as is, but I didn't even need to do that to be gay. That's I'd be true. Like, hey, That's true. Sitting out there, and they just know I'm gay. <laughs> Homosexuality just, just pours just, off my flesh, just leaking off of you. It does. Since I was a sensitive kid. Hi, Karen. Me Thank too. you for having me. I'm so excited for this. I am so excited to do this. So, okay. So I made a post and I was telling people that I was going to do this. And you were like, I'm in. Now you were already on my list, but you said you were in. So tell me why you were like, yes, absolutely. Well, one, the, the main thing is for those of you guys who do not know, Karen, you are easy to talk to. You, you are. You're, nothing is contrived because the only thing you ask for is authentic authenticity mm -hmm. and to be able to just have an honest conversation. And I'm going to say this and I want this here. I need to speak to people that look like me who have yeah. shared experiences, yeah. especially recently, because it's, there's a connection that you'll, you cannot get anywhere else unless you are looking at somebody that knows the walk that you're like, that you're traversing right now. So with you, it's super easy. Like yes. we just have the conversation and it'll just, we just going to talk and vibe it out. I have no idea what we're going to get into, but I can't nope. wait. All no right. Idea. So let's, let's just jump right in. And you know, the culture of you, we talk a lot about what it means to be your favorite self. So let's, let's just say that, um, you know, professionally, there's also, you know, best self I talk about best self. I say favorite self because best self to me feels like corporate, right. Yeah. Um, but favorite self, if you could define your favorite self, you can also, in this answer, define if you were a vibe, right? So outside of work, a vibe. Tell me what that looks like for you. I My favorite self is, is the one that's better than I was yesterday. Ooh. 
So I, I, I dealt with it, but when we were younger and I'm in my mid forties now, I was, I was out there in them streets. I was running and okay, ripping. Man. Yeah. You can't tell cause the glow's right. Uh, <laughs> but I just, I wasn't living up to the potential that I knew I had at that point. And so now that I'm older, I look around and I'm like, the only job I have to myself and to my family is to be the better person today than I was yesterday. And whatever that means, if that means I can make somebody else smile today that I didn't make smile yesterday, um, it does start with every day, making sure that I'm the focus. Where I've spent a lot of servitude time, making sure everything and everyone around me was happier and to the detriment of myself. So my favorite self starts with me, just acknowledging that I can be a badass bitch. I can be the brother, the sister, the friend, that I know I can be, and I'm not gonna let anybody get out of the way. My vibe, <sighs> I get a song. I honestly, you know, the, the weirdest part is the vibe that I always have is, um, <laughs> is Carl Carlton's Bad Mama Jamma. I think you should sing it a little bit. Uh, she's a bad mama jamma. What about it? She's, <laughs> she's just as fine as she can be. <laughs> Her body measurements are perfect in every dimension. Yeah. Yes. That is that is the theme song to Anissa. Every okay. day, every time I get in drag, uh-huh. that is the song. Because you know, once you put your put your armor, you put your shit on, something happens. That transformation uh-huh. takes place. That's the song of transformation for me, and it has been since day one. And I don't even play it. I don't even listen to it. It is intrinsically put in my body. So once I put everything on. I hear that song in my head. I love it shifts that everything. Ooh. Yeah, she's poetry in motion, a beautiful sight to see. Yeah, yep. it's in your bones now. It is one hundred percent a part of my body. I love it. That's that's my vibe. I love that about getting you know better every day, and you're the only one that really can know exactly what that looks like. Yep. Right. And so you, I mean. We said statedly, admittedly, we are, you're in your mid forties, I'm 40, you know, things look a little different in terms of how you sit with yourself and, and learn yourself. Like, so what are some of those characteristics where you're like, um, I, I want to, I want to correct this situation or maybe like the day didn't go before how you wanted it to go. What do you do then? Um, I, every day. I, I start the day with myself and I end the day with myself. Mm. Now, yeah, I'm married. So, you know, you wake up and I'm next to my husband, go to bed, I'm next to my husband. But I'm always, I'm a morning person anyway. So I do wake up earlier mm-hmm. and I have that conversation with myself and I pray in the morning. I usually take about 10 minutes every morning to think about the day before. Mm-hmm how I was, if I was showing my best self in that moment and how I can be better than, than yesterday. And I journal, I got one right here um, to, to make sure like, I'm, maybe I didn't handle a situation the way today I would have handled it yesterday. Right. And with me, I am a Taurus all the way <laughs> and I don't mince my words. My delivery was always forward. No matter what the intention, it's always just 
here it is. And sometimes to, to people, it's not, that could come off mean, it could come off abrasive, but it's still coming from love. So um, in the mornings I, I check myself through that and I said, well, and especially if it's a situation that I like slept on mm-hmm. and it's something that weighed on my heart, mm-hmm. I'll come back to it. And then I will try to put my best or my, my favorite person into it today. And then I'll try to make amends. Because ultimately, and it's something I'm trying to get out of, is being a people pleaser. That's a rough thing to get out of. It's, you know, I grew up with it. Yeah. I grew up in wanting to create service and wanting to help. And, and But I don't want to get rid of it too much because that is a part of who I am. I yeah. love serving. I love helping. However, I have to be of service to myself before I can be of service to anyone else. And I was not serving my spirit well in those moments. So that that's how I kind of go backwards. And at the end of the day, mm-hmm. I think about all the, the crazy shit that's happened mm-hmm. or, the, or hopefully the not crazy shit that's happened. Hopefully. Those, the mo- yeah, that's the world right now is a little funky. And then <laughs> I just, I thank God for giving me the day. Mm-hmm. And I pray to get another one and then I, and I lay and I let it all go or I try to let it all go. Um, my weighted blanket helps a lot. Ooh, that is a wonder, isn't it? It's crazy to me. It's I um because I have anxiety issues anyway. Mm-hmm. So if something like bears in your skin, it's gonna stay there for me until I get rest. But recently I forgot, you know what the sad part is. It's okay, he knows. My husband bought me a weighted blanket like three years ago. And I, with the move to the house, it has been boxed up. But the past week, I haven't slept a lot. I just have had, my brain's been moving. I've got stuff in motion. And I just lay there. I'm like, what's up? And then I finally just said, fuck it. And woke up, went to the spare bedroom. and pulled this weighted blanket out and brought it over. And he starts giggling. And the moment I put it on top of my chest, I fell straight asleep and actually had a sound sleep. The whole night. Yep. And so now it's now it's back to being a part of my whole life. That's my third partner right there. There it is. And, and he can't handle it. So he like oh. it's the weight is too much physically for my oh, husband. Yeah. So now we're in the bed together, but the weight of blankets only on me. Oh, sensory wise, he's like, I can't do that. Uh uh-uh, uh, it's too much. Is it a twenty pound one? No. Oh, it's thirty five. It is a whole person. <laughs> it's it's amazing. Well, because oh, I, wow. I didn't know anything about weighted blankets when I got it. And mm-hmm. he said, I tried to find the heaviest one. because, And at this point, this was 2020. Yeah. When that's when all hell was breaking loose. He said, he said, because you've got a lot of weight that you're carrying. And I need, and he was like on it with me. He said, you got a lot of weight you're carrying. And we need to push that onto you at night so you can get some rest. And I was like, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. I said, oh, see, that's when I knew. This was before the wedding. I mm. knew I had the right one. That's the um, but now it's, I, now mind you, don't have to pee real quick in the middle of the night. Yeah. Because you got to like move a child off of you. Yep. Then I'm yeah. trying to use one leg and then I end up throwing <laughs> it on him and it wakes him up. So it's, it's a process. It's like I'm trapped. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, yep, yeah, I'm getting smothered. <laughs> I'm like, sorry about it. Sorry. So, oh, but it's so good. And it's got big knots oh. on it. So it's real sensory. Mm, I love that. I have some yes. sensory stuff. So I definitely have a weighted blanket. And it is a wonder. And sometimes I forget that I have it. But then when you do remember, you're like, it, where yep. have you been all my life? 
this the past four days have been amazing look at you resting yeah i'm getting actual rest my brain is that creativity is coming back because it was getting real stagnant for a minute wow because i just wasn't sleeping enough to or wasn't getting the rest Mm -hmm. to let my brain live where normally i'm thinking about i should have been already thinking about a show in my in my mind yeah um but the moment I got that first good night of rest, I woke up and I had all these ideas again. Mm-mm-mm. So I was like, that's, yes. a, that's an ode to rest. Yep. I'm an telling ode you, to rest. sleep will do you good. Good rest. Good rest. Turn your phone off, rest. D&D. Do yes. not disturb. Dude, I, and I have a hard time doing that because I just know I'm going to miss something in my life if I turn my phone off. Oh, you get FOMO? I do because my with my mother being older too, mm-hmm. I want to make sure that she will always have access. And for some odd reason, this look, it I'm is on my you. hip. It I'm is- telling you right now, you can do D&D. This saved me and my ADHD brain. You can do D&D and also make people, certain people able to contact you regardless of the D&D. Well, I'm gonna need to figure that out. So I don't I, know I'm to happy to come, you know, do a little tutorial, but yeah. I have it on from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m., 5 p.m. to 8 a.m. Like I have two buttons. If I need to have it off during the day, I will, but I have it on all day. And people <sighs> know they're gonna see that little message like Karen has her notification silent. Ah, but I'm gonna need to I know. Can, I have six people that, that can get through that to can me. still get through. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna need to figure that out then because. It's, it, and it's not during the day. During the day, I know that a lot of work now and a lot of business will, mm-hmm. comes from using my cell phone. I get For it. Sure. But when I want to sleep, that's my issue. I don't know yeah. how to do it. I'm going to have to have, I'm going to talk to my husband about this. Yes, please. Because it's a that family rest... band. It's already on Lojack. He knows where I am 24 hours. Yeah, got location. You can still have I'll the location sent, all of that. Cause... Even when I was at the casino at two o'clock in the morning this morning. You know, our people will be having our location on us. They want to know where we at. I don't, I don't, I'm asleep from like 11 p.m. to 6 a.m. I'm asleep. Okay. I, I love that you go in the casino, but yeah. Well, he works until 5 a.m. Okay. So I was like laying. I try to wait. Mm-hmm. Like I would like nap because my schedule is more me now. Mm-hmm. But it was like 1.30 and I was watching the Australian Open. I said, nope, I'm going to Hollywood. So I... In my Are you pajamas. a slots person? What kind yeah. of, what kind of, okay. No, I'm a slot person. I would play blackjack, but not, not in Columbus, not within $20 hand tables. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a, a Texas Hold'em person. I, I see that for you. I haven't played it here. I just, I like it with friends. You know, yeah. it's a little hard for me to go. People I don't know, I got to read their cues. It's a lot of work for me, so. Yeah, mm. I, I can imagine. Nope, yeah. see, computer, I just push a button. And I wasn't even, I didn't spend hardly any money. I just mm-hmm. walked around a bit, looked at some crazy ass people at 2.30 now in the morning. I said, all right, mm-hmm. I'm gonna go home. And and I live five minutes away from the Hollywood casino. Yeah, that's a specific crowd. A that specific is a very special, after midnight mm-hmm. casino people on a weekday that's not a holiday, <laughs> it's something. Well, you mentioned a few things and I wanna get into a couple of them. Um, you said you pray and we we're both raised in the church. So there's some people pleasing. We were taught hospitality and service, right? So that yeah. was how we were taught and what we were taught to do. So talk to me a little bit about 
how, you know, you have a lot of intersections and identities that people might not think were synonymous with Christianity. So talk <laughs> to me a little bit about your relationship with God and how you, how you got to where you are today. It, you know, the, okay. So the weird part for me is there's never been a lull. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I was raised in the church. Uh, I come from nothing but pastor's kids and mm-hmm. grand because that is my whole family. Pastor kid like, right here. I'm yeah. So it. like my hometown, I, there was a young people's church and there was an old people's church, both <laughs> of which the ministers were parts of my family. Oh, so the yeah. church you that my grandmother church. went to was across the street from the church I went to. Mm-hmm. But it was literally all of the church with my family. So yeah. if there was a Sunday I wanted to just go spend the time with my grandma, I would literally walk across the street, which is across the street from my grandmother's house. It's a very small place. So I grew up in that. And, and then figuring out who I was as a gay man, mm-hmm. you that's the weird coming out because you already being a black person, you're already hearing the the fag, yeah. the queer. You you hear the jokes, you hear them coming from your uncles and your aunts when they're when they're drunk, laughing and joking yeah. around parties. And that but there's a moment when it starts clicking us that they could be talking about me, but they're not talking about me. They're talking about another cousin. They're talking oh, about wow. somebody in the church choir, mm-hmm. talking about someone playing the piano, like all that sort of stuff. And but it never made me feel bad about myself. I never had that moment of like, I don't love me. Mm. I've, I've never, and I've never had. Um, there was a moment <laughs> when I finally had just come to terms with knowing my sexuality. Yeah. And I, I once I and I was in my teens, but I also knew I said like, I'm a wait. I'm a wait to act on it. I'm a wait to discuss it with anybody around yeah. these parts because I did grow up in a small town. And then when we moved, my like nuclear family, we moved to Ohio, which look is more progressive. So think about that shit. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) You said a mouthful right there. Think about that. Yeah. And um, and then I find that I came out to my mom and my dad. Mm -hmm. And I said, here's the thing. Uh, I I got a little something going on. (laughs) <laughs> and at that, of course, and this was before labels could be labeled multidimensional labels. Mm-hmm. So you had straight, you had gay, and you had bi. Yeah. And I was dating a girl at that point. I said, I think I'm bisexual. I think. And my dad said, huh. And my mom said, huh. And that was that was the conversation. And it was really? a Saturday, it was a Sunday morning because I had been out. Out. And I just said it. And my dad said, okay, well, great. Put your clothes on. We still got to go to church. Because it was mm. Sunday morning time to go to church. Yeah. It wasn't anything like I'm taking you to God to, to fix you. There was never a fixing. Nice. I never had that fight with my like family, with religion. Yeah. Um, they did think I was going to harm myself Aww. because my, my mom worked in the social system. So mm-hmm. she saw how this worked with teens. So they made my grandmother, <laughs> hindsight, it's, it's amazing how progressive they were, mm-hmm. um, do a life insurance policy because they were just afraid that I was going to hurt myself. I was 13. Not they about to collect the check, though. They're going to try to take the money off me. 
it's my so my, but my parents wouldn't do it so my grandmother did it because i remember having to go back to indiana and sign everything oh and i was God. confused i said why am i signing this shit they said we just want to make sure that you're protected i said i think this is because y'all want money off of me uh, but what think about this it's crazy I've always been like i'm a little too vain like now never in my change. life I'm, you know never that's nope and i even said it then i said do y'all think i'm gonna hurt myself i said you should know me clear enough i'm gonna hurt anybody else before i hurt me okay it i mean anyone else but all i signed you. that over and then when she passed away in august of 21 hmm. that insurance policy transferred to me Oh. It was left to me, and she'd been paying on it since 1991. Yeah, we might not want to tell everybody that. You know what I'm saying? It don't matter. The money gone. The money gone. <laughs> the money been gone. I look. I turned it right back into an IRA, so it's gone, honey. You can't get yeah. nothing from me. I love um, that. So I never had the that fight with God because mm. even though in church, you know, I heard some of them weird messages, but I just knew that. I was created fearfully. Wow. And that, and that I've, and my faith has never faltered. Yeah. Um, even when I was homeless for a hot minute, I still yeah. knew that I was there for a reason. I knew, yeah. and I, I knew that I was placed there to learn a lesson, to be able to teach a lesson. So I left it alone. That's really beautiful. I am, um, father also was a minister and, the church really didn't talk about it that much in terms of condemnation, but I also know that when it happened, you know, I was talked to like I was possibly possessed or in bondage in some way. And um, it took me a while to figure out that, like you said, you are fearfully made, you know, it took mm -hmm. me a while to, to really rest in that and understand. I always understood God on my own. And like, as a child, I was very in tune and I would be like, okay, like, I understand that this is, or this ain't Jesus, right? Like this is, or yeah. this ain't God. Um, but I really had to do a lot of, of sitting with myself around God's acceptance of me and making me this way. Cause I used to pray that like people would love me and then it'd be like, oh, well, anything but that, you know what uh -huh. I mean? And I'd be like, wait a minute. I had to, I had to unpack a lot of that over the last 10 years. I've really been doing a lot of work on it. Yeah, it um I encountered those conversations. Yeah. But it was all I never felt bad about me. I never mm -hmm. have felt bad about me being me in the eyes of God. I and it freaks some people out because I understand that how religion can come and it can get twisted and it mm -hmm. can be bastardized within used Anyway, you can weaponize anything, mm -hmm. but that book can be weaponized in a, in a minute. And a lot of people have had hard times growing up. So when I discuss religion and I mm -hmm. talk about my faith, it can be off-putting to some at times, but I'm also here as a testament of that faith. Yeah. And, and a lot of people don't know my whole story. Right. And, and I'm not gonna run around just telling everybody my whole story. I don't need right. to. I like I live every day knowing that there's a purpose for me here. And I've been that way since I was a kid, which is I weird. I um my mom always laughed about it and she still jokes about it. She said, You were born with discernment 
as a grown person. You came out mm-hmm. knowing what was of God in your life and what was not. And even though you mess up, because we all mess up because we're human, you still know what's for you and what's not for you and how to traverse it. She said, you said, you've been that way since I was like a kid. I said, that sounds about right. Well, let's talk discernment then, because um, I want to get into uh, drama. We know we know in the drag community and the gay Ugh. community, there's plenty of drama. For no um, reason. But that's true. <laughs> Now tell me, you know, how do you, you feel about, uh, like, let's talk about first drama that maybe includes you. Um, so how do you approach that? How do you, how do you deal with those kind of situations? I, now I'm not naive enough to know when I was specifically younger in mm-hmm. the, in the queer drag community. So about 20 years ago. Yeah. I was a shit starter. <laughs> I know what I was doing. I knew then I was starting shit. Just I'd, I'd light a match just to see how big the flame could go. You're a Taurus. What's your rising? I don't know what that is. Okay, okay, okay. I'm a born on to... May fifteenth. I know that. <laughs> I need to know the time. I need to know like what color I don't your know was. That. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll get we'll get on that. We'll get, get your chart that. together. Aaron yeah, because everyone asks, I'm like, I don't know. I was barely there. Um, the shit starter. I was. I, I know that. And if I heard something that would affect a person in the same circle, like if one bitch was talking shit about another bitch mm. and I heard it, I'm like, why aren't you just telling them this? You've created an issue by, by just not going, doing a straight line. You've now added a whole bunch of us that didn't matter. So then I would take it upon myself <laughs> to just say, by the way, here's the thing. That's what this bitch just said. <laughs> Why don't y'all go figure it out? You need me in the middle of it, bitch. And I would sit there and then they'd realize, hey, I was trying to make it just to get, I like to solve things. However, when I was younger, I liked the resolution to come through fire. Ooh, okay. So um, that changed a lot, even with, and I've, I have been in my fair share of not necessary shit. I've been in my fair share of necessary drama. Yeah. Um, a lot of it was more um, race oriented when it comes to drag, a lot of professional stuff when it comes to the person I used to work for. Yeah. Um, and I've always still been that straightforward person. So my brashness would mm-hmm. be considered as being the angry black person sure. because I was the only black person. Yeah. So in an all white room, I'm one of the onlys. So, mm. but heaven forbid we speak up while we're being stepped on. So I always made it very clear to speak up. I said, if you're going to step on me, regardless, you're going to know why I feel this way. And that would always create this tension. And then that tension would boil over because I'm a person where I was, I used to hang in it. I used to let it sit there and it would just fester Mm -hmm. and then it'd be a trigger. And then I would lose my shit, which would obviously not the healthiest thing to do. It would make a situation that was already bubbling explode. You're a bottler a little bit. A little bit of a bottler because I didn't want to hurt people's feelings. I wanted my feelings to be heard. Mm-hmm. I, and and they were being repressed a lot 
And I knew that if I said this, or I did this, you would have to pay attention to me. And then maybe in that space, you'll hear my actual message. So, and it would work at times, mm-hmm. but it created a lot of not necessary shit. And I, and I yeah. own my part in it. I actually, the funny, last night, last night slash this morning, my phone rang. Hence why I'm going to work on this D, this D&D thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it was two in the morning from a drag queen here in Columbus who there had an issue with another drag queen and a whole group of people at a bar. Yeah. I am laying on my couch, just enjoying life. And I was awake. <laughs> and I said, what to head to the casino. Yeah, look, I was on my shoes was on. And I said, what is going on? And they tell me all this non-essential shit. And I said, I said, I remember these moments. I said, can I help you really quick? Take it for what you want. I said, you need to disassociate yourself from certain people. Yeah. I said, if you're if you want to grow mentally, physically, spiritually, you need to disassociate yourself from and I was very specific and I gave them the names as because I heard them in the conversation. I said, these are the same people that had me wrapped up and fucked up when I 20 years ago. 20 years ago, they're still on the same shit. The same shit. They're on the same shit they were 20 years ago. So think about that. And I said, I'm telling you now, let them go. I said, and you let you come to me and you talk about you see me and happening, what's in my life right now. I said, I had to shed layers of people in order for my true self. And it's, and my true self is my true self today. Right. It's not going to be tomorrow. Mm-hmm. It's, but I knew that I needed to let some of these people go in order for me to grow. And mm-hmm. 20 years ago, have you realized they're not changing? They're trying to hold people back that see that have a light. So if you want to stay there, stay there. Don't call me again with the same bullshit because I don't need to be involved in it. And I was, and I said, yeah. no, thank you. I got to go. And I hung out because we you can predict that. Yeah, I, it's every day. I know if I get a phone call from a set group of people, I know who started all that shit. And it's the same person that's been starting shit for over 20 years, but entered my life 20 years ago. So what do you think accountability look like? Is it like hopeless or like, do you, I, I mean, course, obviously I you think, don't invest your energy, but like, what do, what do you do there? I think some people just, that's all they have. Mm. I, unfortunately, I think they live and they, something has happened in their lives where it's always fight mm-hmm. and it's, and it's survival. It's not thriving. So and some and chaos helps some people survive. I don't want to survive. I want to thrive. I've already I've already played the let's survive life game, right? And in, in the times it still happens because of how the world works towards us. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I rather I will choose peace mm-hmm. every time. Now that I know what peace can do for me, right? You know, like. Right. Uh, yeah. So, nope. So, tell me a little bit more about like thriving, because you mentioned thriving and wanting to thrive. Like, what is your vision for individual community, queer community, black community, all of that? What is your vision for thriving for us? You know, I, you and I have actually had a part of this conversation before. Yeah. Because the thing that I would love now, let it be known, equity out the gate Ooh. is thriving. Not, not just equality, 
we should already have equality. We don't, we right. should, but we need equity. Mm -hmm. I want to walk into a space that was created, designed, cultivated, and, and being embodied by someone that looks just like me. And, and, I don't, and I don't take for granted, or I don't want to disrespect any space that has been created that we move through, mm -hmm. but we're still trying to create our art through a white lens. Yeah, you're kind of doing that at District West, like yeah. creating that space. Yeah, and, and, I, and I love what we're creating at District West, but I'm also, the black man in me wants to see more of that. And mm -hmm. I would love to see ownership within people mm. of color. Yeah. I want to see true, true equity. I want to see property that is being, being raised for everyone, for our whole community, but led by a person of color. Access Financed by a person. Resources. Yeah. Yes, the resources. And that's nothing bad across. Trust me, when I say that Misty is a godsend, the owner Absolutely. of Mr. West, she showed up in a time when we needed a hero. Mm -hmm. And I and I love and I respect her. Um, and the fucked up part is the person that used to own Access Union in Havana was a person of color who hated himself for being ah! a person of color. That, that think wears about me that. out. That wears me out. And hated I, I himself mean, for it's crazy. Yeah. Hated himself for being a person of color. So he mistreated everyone that was a person of color that came in his purview under the helm and made sure that out of his mouth, everything that white was right and everything was suburban and not urban. The system taught him that. Yeah. He grew up in that. And I and no matter what I could say. It was never going to permeate into in his brain. Yeah, and, and I mean, that, there's so much unpacking that has to happen. Uh, a lot of times, like to work with with black folks and people of color, it's the first time that they're unpacking how like white supremacy lives inside them, and that's a blow once you realize, like, oh, I've perpetuated this too. Yeah. Oh, like, I've, I've it hit my that. ass hard. Yeah. Like I once, and it happened with in my nuclear family, cause I'm the one of five. I'm the youngest of five siblings. Mm -hmm. And even socioeconomically, my parents were in a different place mm -hmm. when the other four were being raised. Cause I'm younger by like nine years oh, wow. from the closest sibling to me. Nine years? Yeah, nine or 10, I'm right there. Just checking um, if everything still worked, okay. Yeah, it was, it was <laughs> I was a happy accident, but their whole life changed. They were raised in that small town and that's where their brains kind of stayed. Mm. And then life changed, like money changed, the environment changed, that's what moved us here. And when we moved, some stayed because they were already adults at that point. So, um, and I got called the white kid because my grammar. I got called the white kid because I was playing a cello. I played You're tennis. You're so articulate. I, yeah, oh my God, you speak so well. And I <laughs> went to a private, school in that small town and, and did not deal with all the bullshit that my brothers did. I didn't choose it. I didn't ask for that. But my parents had the resources at that point for me. So within my own brothers and my siblings, there was always a thing that I didn't understand why y'all hated me 
I didn't do this until I was in my early 20s and we had a conversation. We were all sitting around, mom and dad. We, it was when, there could have been some Rifa involved. By there could have been, there was. Right. Because <laughs> honesty can come out of some of the highest places, I think, especially my parents yeah. were hippies. So, Just relax your shoulders and tell the truth. And tell the truth. And I have a photo of that day. I will never, mm-hmm. it's, it's a photo. We're all sitting out in the garage in Dublin, Ohio. <laughs> and um, and it hit me and I said, I'm sorry that you feel the way you felt that I took a life that you guys didn't get. Mm. I said, I also know that mom and dad, and they were sitting there and I said, they did not want for me what they couldn't provide for you. So they, they pushed this on me. Now, to the point where my dad used to get pissed off because I would sit and start singing music or like going through stuff. He said, I need to do some more black stuff. You were like show tunes. <laughs> I was like, no, I was always at the, I was at the opera. I was literally because my teachers <laughs> saw that in me and they knew that classical music rang into my ear. My mm-hmm. dad's like, I need you to come over here and sit at this piano and play some gospel music, and, and which I gladly. Right. But I, I said, you created this. You realized that you gave me access to a world that I didn't know. Yeah. And now that I'm exploring the world, you want to pull it back because you're afraid. It wasn't because yeah. of sexuality. It was huh. because he thought I was going to lose the blackness. You could Which, take, by the way, you, you can't take me get out rid the of. hood now. You, yeah, I said you, you can't take the hood out of me. No, I grew up in the I grew up up in the fucking country. Yeah, that is the country. So, so yeah, it's it, it took a lot. Like when it when I finally realized, and I started getting black friends in college. Yes, like true because I was in Dublin. There were only four black people there. Right. But once I got into undergrad, I was like, oh, and then it was not just black friends. I queer black men that are my age that were now we figured out the world together and we are still friends like Mm. 20 years later we're still friends because we all figured that shit out together Mm -hmm. and we'll come together as much as we can and we just giggle and look at how life is tracked and it helped it took them helping me understand who i could be as a black gay man yeah in our country all right so let's talk about it i'm gonna ask you a question and you can answer as deeply as you want but your husband is Is black and some melanin he's the he's the whitest man ever he's the whitest man ever and i love him and i want you to brag on him a little bit but talk to me talk to me about how that how that happened is it just like you know i just love him you know if that that could be that simple but tell me about that so here, I, boy, I wish I could just whip around. Y'all see this shit. So the funniest part is when I met Brian, which we met at, um, he also knew that this conversation was going to happen. I gave him a heads up that this would probably come <laughs> marriage. up. Marriage. Yeah. I said, marriage is going to come up. Um, we met oddly at a bar. Mm-hmm. We met at Union. Is that and oddly? he will tell is you, it? huh? Is that oddly? It, it's weird because I was in a space where I didn't want to date anybody. Okay. I've been single for 10 years, mm-hmm. like self-imposed. I wanted to be single. I was out there hoeing, you know, I was doing what I wanted to do when I wanted to do it. You got to have a whole phase really before yep, you get married. You sure do. And it was prominent. And, <laughs> and, I, and I wasn't looking because I was in drag like six days a week. Mm-hmm. I was working and I was just going, but I would go to karaoke on Monday nights at Union. 
me okay. and one of my buddies. That's one of the best karaoke's. Yeah, they used to be at least. I don't know now. Well, I don't. There, know. There, I just that. don't know now. Haven't been um, in a while. Yeah. So I went and and I saw him, and I was like, he's cute. I'm gonna leave it alone. And I sang, and he looked. He paid attention to me. And I was like, yeah. Oh, I think I was. I don't even remember. It was. I think it was Whitney or some bullshit. Okay. No, it okay, wasn't. Okay. It wasn't. It wasn't. I was. It was. God, it was John Mayer. <laughs> oh, John Mayer. It was your body's a wonderland. Your body's a wonderland. <laughs> because that sits real good in my voice. I wasn't singing it, it to him. It's just a good, and I, I fuck with John Mayer. I don't care what nobody says about his ass. Musically. He's had some mistakes, but. Oh, I, for I really, sure. But I musically. Really his music. I love yeah. him. Yeah. yeah. That, okay. So, but I don't say anything. I leave it alone. Mm. And then the next that was a Monday. That Thursday night, I had a show at that point at Axis. And here he is again. And he was there with one of the guys that was working for me because I was running dancers. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I ain't seen this person ever in my life. And now on the same week, he's popped up twice. And one of the little dancer boys comes up. He said, I'm on a date. I said, with who? You, you, so you're here working, taking your clothes off, throwing your meat on people. And you brought your date here. That I guarantee that ain't gonna work out. So you're gonna need to introduce me to who this person is. And I introduce takes me downstairs, and it's Brian. And I looked and I said, "Okay." I go back upstairs and I tell the stripper, "I said I can tell you now, y'all will not last at all. Probably on today." I said, that "For no other reason, you're stupid to bring somebody on your first date." to watch you take your clothes off. Oh my God. But alas, <laughs> whatever. And then after it was over, I my makeup was off and I walked up to Brian. And I said, so I saw you at karaoke on Monday. And then it hit him as I was the same person. Okay. Um, and he said, yeah, I said, I want to take you on a date. Poaching. Sure did, sure did. Boop. Yep. And I said, I'll take care of that. I said, for you, you can say no right now. I said, but I, I said, I want to, next Friday, I want to take you on a date. And he said, oh, okay. And we've been rocking hard and dating ever since. I and the, the thing about, and I, I can talk forever about my marriage because I love this man so much. He is more a part of the fight than you could ever imagine. Right. One, I'm a strong person. Mm-hmm. It's going to take somebody even stronger to hold me down. For sure. Like a lot of people see him standing in the back being quiet when I'm the one that's being loud. They don't understand what's happening behind me. He's just holding space. Like he's a holding big container. the space for my safety. And then he's, we are of the exact same mind. Some shit went down the other night. Nothing, no, no drama. Actually, it's super funny, and I'm going to tell you now, and okay. I'm not going to use the person's name. Yes, I am. It was Kylie Dash West. <laughs> so we did a show at uh, Sing Along, and there's a section where you, um, it's random TV theme songs. Stupid shit. And you don't know mm-hmm. what you're doing. It's being chucked at you while you're on stage. Okay. And Kylie ended up getting the Reading Rainbow theme song. <laughs> Because everybody knows that you're going to sing Butterflies in the Sky. Yeah. Little did I know, little did most of us know that there's a remix. There's a DMX 
remix. Stop. I don't know that. So what happened? (laughs) (laughs) Kylie wasn't ready. I sure fuck wasn't ready. I was backstage and all I hear is butterflies in the sky. Nigga. I can fly to the sky. If there was one nigga, there was 116 niggas being yelled by DMX. Oh my God. In a space (laughs) of all white people. What? I I was back sick. Oh, shocked. Kylie was worked. And at the very end, it's like, suck my dick. It's DMX. So you already know. I already know. It's what? Yep. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Through the whole song. And I pissed myself laughing <laughs> and here comes my husband because he was out there and he just came back doubled over in tears laughing doubled <laughs> over it now it, i understood because kylie came back and she was upset because she was caught off guard and plus dealing with because kylie's uh, mixed and i said mm-hmm. i understand where your brain is because one you weren't ready yeah. I, I was not ready it's a shock to the system it's a shock to the system i said but from now on every time i walk in that's what i want to hear Right. Because I thrive in, un- in uncomfortable situations when I'm always put in one. And so mm. I said, I don't mind it. But boy, we get back in the car to leave. And, and, my, and my husband just said, he said, DMX. And we start giggling. <laughs> and then he finds the fucking remix. <laughs> and without me, it's like we're driving home. And then he just starts playing it. And we both bust out laughing. So he's one of the strongest people I will ever know. Yeah. One of the smartest people in the world. And he's not oblivious. He's more in tune with racism and my intersectionality than most of my friends that are actually white. Because they they don't see the pain that sometimes comes with it when I get home and I'm like, not even the pain, the exhaustion. Yeah. Where I'm like, God damn it, I'm just tired right now. Mm-hmm. of having to dance this dance to make sure that there's space for everybody. Yeah. He understands it and he's so cute and so aware to it. So I will, that is when people say that a partner was made for you, like Aaron, yeah. like your wife. Yes. I know that um, Brian was, was created for me. And that was even in my mm-hmm. wedding vows. I knew that because I didn't ask for him. You got married in the pandemic, didn't you? We got married August of the pandemic. Ooh. We got Y'all married. really had to like each other. Um, you know what? And it, we, had, we had already lived together for a couple years. I think we moved in together in like 2017. Mm-hmm. Now we've been together for now 11 years. Wow. But I also was like, I don't even want to live with nobody. Like when, even when I met him, I said, I feel something for you. And I, I can, I know that this is going to last, but we don't have to do this. You can get a space. place next to me or something. We can, <laughs> But something changed and I said, you're my person and I'm your person. Mm-hmm. And we talked to our families and we did all that after we got engaged. Cause I'm not, I wasn't asking permission. Sorry, we're grown men. Right. I'm not, that's not something. That's I'm just letting you know. Yeah. By the way, I called my mom and said, by the way, mm-hmm. we're engaged. And then he did the same thing. Um, and then I had to, I had a conversation with my mother cause my mom is my best friend. Yeah. And she had met Brian a few times, well, more than a few times at this point. And she said, I love him for you because he's a smart ass and you need somebody that's a smart ass. You need mm-hmm. someone that will actually check you. Yes. Because a lot of times people are afraid to check you. I said, 
I said, I don't know why. She said, I, I said, you never have to worry about that with him because he will Same get me together quick. Aaron will do it just looks wild. Yep. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. Right. So, I mean, All right. I love love. I yeah. love it. I do. And, you know, every day is a, a different day. And But it, it's something so beautiful to be able to wake up and mm. know that there, there are two of us and we are we're working towards our goals together. I love it. Yes. You know what I mean? It's yes. and I never thought something was going to change when we got married because we'd already been together for so many years. And um Betsy Sharp actually she said, Let me tell you this. The moment Claire and I got married, something clicked and it became two of us truly became a team of one. Yeah. And she said, You'll feel it. And it, you may not admit to it, but then it was like a couple days after the wedding, I was like just thinking about some shit. And I said, motherfucker. And here he comes in. Here it I is. Said, I said, I'll be damned. We are truly now one. And I'm, and that's why I'm protective of him. Yeah. He is protective of me. And you don't and have that, to lose yourself at all. Yeah. We have to, we have to make ourselves the focus and we don't allow any other outside sources. Mm-hmm. I don't let what my mom, my family, and mind you, they love him. Right. You know what I mean? So it's nothing like that. It's just that we made our bond that it's, that it is us mm-hmm. and family's crazy. And you know, the world's crazy. Friends are crazy. Work is crazy, yeah. but all that gets shut out when, cause it's he and I, I love it. and we talk about that all the time Yeah, just to and check I, in with each other. You ain't never going to hear me say nothing about Aaron, but rain, rainbows and, and unicorns, oh. flowers, I don't give a fuck if we got in a knockdown drag out fight. Okay. I can tell you this. That is the love of my life. Did you ain't gonna see this ain't gonna be Whitney and Bobby. Don't worry about it. We good. Look, I got a message on Saturday night. This Saturday, something Brian looked upset about something. Just visibly upset. Hmm. Um, I knew what it was. Yeah. And then I got messages from people that why are you in my why are you trying to be in my marriage? asking questions about my husband and I asked him I said have you gotten messages from people he's like no I said I said what the fuck and but what I knew what it was but it had nothing to do with us it was a a work thing there's you know Mm -hmm. stress and tired and being exhausted and shit so I was like what the fuck people need to one worry about their own eyebrows they they truly need (laughs) to find their own happy yeah right don't let whatever hangups you've had in your past relationships Whatever has happened that may have been a misstep on your part, may have been a misstep on your partner's part. Because if that's the fear that's holding you back from finding a, like intimacy within yourself, yeah, you got to work through that shit because what's not going to happen is you're not coming in this. You ain't coming in this. This is ours. I, I'm good. Yeah, I am yeah. good. And when I say I am good, that means he is good. Right. We are good are good and if we're not we'll let you fucking know at this point but we're not yeah we're not having this it's so it's odd that strange um, interest or audacity yeah it's a it's it's a lot of audacity on different people's parts that it's it's interesting but ultimately my man is good he He is cute he He cute or look or whatever whatever yeah, but yeah, we got we were married in August August fifteenth of twenty twenty, 
and yes we got together august of 2012 so i guess it's 10 years below 10 all right so this has been phenomenal i come to this point where i give you an opportunity to throw a situation at me and we gonna problem solve it together you can make it up or i just want you to see how i process what i would do in a situation so this is a situational hot seat you get to throw something at me and I'll tell you, I may have some questions, but I will tell you what I will do and I'll, I'll see if I can guess what you would do. Okay. <sighs> oh my so God, exciting. okay. All right, you know what? Any topic. Yeah, yeah, any topic. Okay. You know what we're gonna do? We're gonna go into the relationship. Ah! <laughs> This because is what people want Corey. Because it's a because it's personal, mm-hmm. and and that there's different layers to these things. Ooh. Okay, I got it's a two part question. I'm ready now. Okay, so you're recent. You're newlywed. Y'all just got married. We did. Uh, so beautiful. Um, you have somebody in your life that is a family member. Okay. It does not have to be, it could be blood, it could be in-lawed, it could be a member of the family that's an elder. That I'm Let's marrying that. into? Doesn't matter. Mine. Doesn't okay. matter. Okay, okay. Either one. And they come up to give you marital advice. But when they give you marital advice, they give you money. And I'm not talking a little bit. How do you traverse the honesty of a conversation with a check in your hand? So let's say they're coming from a a broken place. Like when it comes to relationships and and they're trying to- They're not married and they're giving me marital advice? Absolutely. First of all, okay. Uh, See, (laughs) hold on. Look, think about it. Think about it. So I I start this because the day I got married, the day Brian and I got married, and like a week leading up to it, someone that was my was my best friend kept telling me not to. Because the relationship that they were in was breaking down. So they were pushing their own insecurities trying to push their own insecurities onto me. So the money's for me to not get married? No, it's just for y'all, but it comes with taking this advice. Oh, I mean, um, for me, and I talk about this a lot, I'm, I'm very kind. Aaron is very kind. I'm nicer when it comes (laughs) to that kind of stuff. Like people don't reach out to, to Aaron to talk to her about stuff. People come to me and she has this like, mysterious energy i mean you talk to her but like people have this like she has this mysterious energy and she's like elusive to some people right so people will come to me and ask some maybe forward or inappropriate questions and generally i mean i'm gonna be like aaron look at this you know what i'm saying so Uh we're we're talking about all of that but if it was somebody that was coming from a broken place i can generally see i have a lot of compassion for that and i work in like trauma-informed spaces so like if somebody's coming with that and they're like, I'm going to be like, so this doesn't have any stipulations, right? 
like I'm gonna ask some questions yeah. about this money. Like, does this have stipulations? Um, is this a love gift? And I mean, honestly, if, if it feels to me like it's, I would say something like, I can't accept that if it felt like it was coming from, like, I don't want it attached to a bunch of negative energy. And I mean, I'm not saying that I don't like money. I'm just saying I, I don't, don't want it need it that bad ever. Ever. It, okay. Understand I don't need it that bad word. ever. So I'm probably, I mean, it would probably be like, I mean, knowing myself, I might take it in the moment, especially if it's on the wedding day, right? Like I would take it in the moment, which is why we went to Hocking Hills and got married. Um, <laughs> but like, I would probably like take it at the, at the moment and then like talk about it with Aaron at some point. And just for, for the ease of my, this is my day, right? So at the end of the day, um, whatever, thanks, you know, and I'll, you know, but I would deal with it probably the next day. That's probably how I would deal with it. And I would sit down and talk with Erin about how she felt about it, because at the end of the day, all, all money ain't good money, you know what I no, mean? And so, no. and so it might be returned. I might let, let it expire. Um, and they're like, you didn't never catch a check. Like, okay. I did not. Okay. See that now. With that question, <laughs> um, part two. How do you know when it's? Let's say that's it's a friend, no family. It's a friend that's coming from a space of not ready. I don't want to say brokenness, ill repair. Like okay. it's a it's a, it's a relationship that you value, mm-hmm. but there's a disconnect. Yeah, there's a disconnect. And mm-hmm. it's becoming greater because of your connection with your now wife. Why? That's, that's, here's the thing. These are questions that I have been asked. I've, these at, are, yeah. I've been in this situation already. I so I already it. know what I've done. So I'm just yeah. curious to see what you would do. Okay. So um, there's a friendship that there's a disconnect. Uh-huh. And because of it, there's now a strain because how close you are becoming with your now wife, or let's say at this point, your fiance, mm-hmm. but it's now taking away from the time of your friendship. Sure. So this is, this is a great question and, and something to talk about. Um, with Erin, she's actually more introverted and uh, would rather be home more than not. And so I think what I have really intimate and deep friendships Like they are really, really deep and we don't really roll like that. Like my closest friends, like we don't stress each other out for having stuff to do or, or things like that. But in the case where I did have that, um, normally I'm like, what's going on here? Or I'm like, well, I'm still going to be over here. Like that's not going to change. So, um, it sounds like you have some things to work through. And if you want a connection, I probably give them some suggestions on like, send me a day or time you want to hang out or you know this person works like we had a point where we would I would schedule something with my friends and Erin would like schedule something with her friends when she would look at the schedule our calendar because you know we had a joint calendar she would look at the joint calendar and be like I'm gonna go somewhere when you go somewhere yeah because that just makes sense and at first you know because I was socialized the way I was socialized about you know, all relationships and communication, I would be like, well, why are you doing that? And then I was like, oh, I appreciate you doing that. Cause then it doesn't take two days out of the way for us to hang yeah. and spend time together. And we don't get to see each other that much. We're both moving in the community. We're both, you know, even when we're, we spent all day, I was here half the day and we both were on meetings. We haven't talked that much yeah. today, you know? And so when you think about uh, the time, like the older I get, 
and with our connection being as phenomenal as it is like I really just want to kick it with her and like prioritize that and my priorities have shifted um so I would probably let somebody know but if they were being an ass about it I honestly like would be like okay thanks for sharing that with me and like I need because I'm the one normally initiating you know a lot of those hangouts yeah. and spending time so I'd be like I need you to 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 make effort here and yeah. I would make an effort to to kick it with them um and and definitely at least have one conversation about what's going on with them and what their needs are but I'm also need you to have other friends and not put that on me <laughs> Don't put um, that on me. Now, look, I, you know, the funny part is I asked that because, and I will not say this person's name and you know exactly who they are. Um, <laughs> um, before <laughs> our wedding, like mm-hmm. maybe like a couple months before the wedding. Now let it be known, we're still in the pandemic. So I'm not really seeing anybody. You know what I mean? See you. Like I, I'm seeing my husband every day. All day, yeah. 20, that and couldn't have been stronger. Didn't get mm-hmm. like our relationship got better. Um, but then I would get messages or I get like a Zoom, and it's this person saying, "I mean, I just don't, I don't know. Like, I'm missing my connection with you." I said, "We're all missing connections because it's the pandemic." A, but B, I didn't choose Brian. God chose him for me. And I, and I had to have this conversation. I said, so do you want me to put what God wants for me over what you want for me? And it, it shut the conversation down quickly. Shut it down. And I, and I said, now I don't want to be that person. I'm not going to be an ass. I said, because I valued the years of friendship. Right. And I know that there can be more years of amazing friendship. Mm-hmm. But if you get to a, it's gonna be this or that. Don't give me no ultimatums, boy. I will. You're gonna be things. very upset because I will walk away from you, yeah, and not blink. Not blink. and the and that negative attitude comes back with that drama. That conversation got twisted and went through thirty other people, and it all came back to me in different different forms, and it all showed up on my wedding day. Bitches. <laughs> that morning and Ooh. I giggled and Brian knew the whole thing. He knew because right. I, course. I, step by step, I was telling him everything. We so I said, yeah, I said, so here's a good way to fix this. So I had to send out one of them real cute texts and say, you are no longer allowed or permitted into my, to the wedding, thank you. And if you wanna have a conversation in a couple of weeks out of this, mm-hmm. we can, but understand that you're, I don't show up. Did they show up? No, 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 no. I, I never even got a response to that text. They just didn't show up. So you they responded through my other friends. Oh no, they went through every other channel. I got I got a message from Virginia because she had heard it from like, so and Virginia was mm-hmm. the person that married us. So she's the one, yeah. she, said, she said, well, hey, good for you, bitch, for going ahead and saying, I said, oh no, not on this day that we've worked for. Not on my day. I not on the it. day that we have spent this money. Not when, mm-hmm. no, not when we're here to celebrate actual love i'm not dealing with anybody's bullshit today and then about two weeks after the wedding i got a phone call and it was this bullshit weird apology call and brian look brian and i are in the car together you and got it on bluetooth I, on speaker ready mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And you know him, he's just quiet and just listening, making mm-hmm. faces. I should, and, um, and I just went ahead and laid it out. I said, I think this is where we pass. I think this is, I said, cause you're truly not understanding why I said what I said. And it's, it's, there's a disconnect. I said, it shows me, and I'm sorry that you're coming from a really broken place. Yeah. But our friendships ran its course. Um, yeah. And thank you. Thank you for the years. Thank you for the, for the laughs, some of the tears, all that stuff. I said, but now yeah, you need to get the fuck off my phone. <laughs> and it was just smooth Sad. and it was done. And then what? About 20 seconds later, my phone rang again and it was Virginia <laughs> because no, they had reached out immediately. That's so quick. You know, drag queens, they, they, yeah, they don't yeah, work. Yeah. Quick. Y'all move and Virginia Y'all called move me she, and she's laughing. She's losing her shit laughing. She said, did you just? I said, yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. I did. I said, That's anyone, it. anyone that tries to come in between something that I know for a fact was put for a reason. My marriage mm-hmm. was here. We're here for a reason. It's yeah. not just for compatibility. Right. We are like, he is in my life. I am in his life for a purpose. Anyone that tries to come in between that shit, they got to go. That hurts. That I mean, it's not easy or fun to like, it's not eliminate easy, people. No, it's not an easy conversation. It's not easy on your spirit. No. Because no. after the conversation, it still set hard on me, but it didn't sit hard as long as I thought it was going to. Right. And then I realized this, and that was, I think, in tribute to the pandemic because right. we were already distanced because we had to be. So I was like, well, fuck it. Right. I mean, you know what? I wish you well i want to watch you survive i want to watch you grow but i'm a watch from a distance and i want you to watch me from a distance yes you don't even have to cheer for me but you're not going to come into my space and and be negative so yeah it's i always like to know how people traverse with relationships person like with with friendships Mm -hmm. because a lot of my friendships which i've been finding recently are um have been really situationally based and professionally based hmm. now i've got my friends from undergrad yeah we're all in our mid-40s now some have kids some are still hoeing yeah that might jesus yeah it's exhausting yeah, it, yeah. It's but exhausting. we have those connections where i looked at last week i wanted to go do something mm-hmm. that didn't involve me going to a drag show didn't involve me going to a bar mm-hmm. and i then i went through my phone and i was like fuck almost all my friends are entertainers in columbus which nothing bad i by any means i love my people yeah but i also don't want to live my life at the end of a bottle right i've watched that i've already watched that destroy too many people yeah so i so look that's why i've been reading books left and right we're going oh speaking of which you want to roller skate we're going roller skating on february 9th let me know it's 90s I, I R&B just, skate. Oh, ooh, I, and it's um, adult skate. I can I can do it basic, but I have a torn labrum in my head. Ooh, I just found yeah. that out. Okay, well. So I, I mean, I just might be there. I just might have one of the little like little, little, <laughs> <laughs> You get one of the little PVC guardrails. Yeah, I because I just like I want to start doing things that involve friendships that are they can be rooted in your like. Virginia West is like my best friend. Yeah, for sure. And that came from working. That was before drag though. Mm -hmm. We were friends before she started doing drag, before I started doing drag. Right. 
and then it just grew because of how our relationships intertwined with work mm-hmm. um so i don't worry ever about that but there's some relationships like let me it was a hard thing to process like last year when i just i started making the decision to put myself first professionally that'll teach um, you a lot yeah and i realized that a lot of people the phone stopped ringing but i needed it to stop ringing right and then i said we weren't friends we were just coworkers. yeah it was transactional yeah and and then i started laughing about it i said yeah that's that's why i stopped calling people sis and stopped saying hey fam and all that stuff because i realized i said you're just a coworker. I now know who my, I know within this sect of people who are my friends, who are just coworkers. And that's fine. Yeah. And a lot of people don't have that discernment. They can't figure it out yet. So I'm like, so I'll get phone calls saying, oh, we're going to go watch this. We're going to go do this. I said, you're already in, you're in. You over here. Yeah. You're in this box. Yeah. You're not in my friend box. You're, this is work. You teammate teammate transactions. That's it. Someone Mm -hmm. asked me on Sunday night. Um, someone that I used to work with in that drag world who um, I didn't agree with a lot. I actually don't like yeah. at all. And okay. they know, they know. Mm-hmm. I was very honest when I said, I don't trust you and I don't like you, mm-hmm. but I will work with you and I will respect you. Mm-hmm. Um, they showed up on Sunday night to the bar and there was another person working in the bar mm-hmm. that's in that same box. And because their children said, which one of us do you hate more? I said, well, one, I don't have hate for either one of you. And I just said, I'd toss you both in the fire and not go to, and I'd sleep just fine. I said, but what you need to understand is I'm on a different trajectory that this conversation shows me where you haven't changed. Right. I said, so thank you. Messy. I I gave her the little little pat on the back, like basketball wives, like Brandy did. And I said, (laughs) thank you. Your excuse. Shawnee said, thank you. (laughs) And then I, and I walked away. I was like, and I went and told Virginia too. She was like, what kind of question i said you've said, been waiting for that question like you sure. were ready and i said i will throw you in the fire with her you both uh, not to be a dick i said it's one less co-worker you made jobs i've had mm-hmm. <laughs> and i forget right. people's names that i've worked with over the years <laughs> but yeah so yeah what's up well you have you been mean- a delight i want to hear i want to hear what what you got coming up so anything after because your episode is going uh to eight. Okay. eight so what you got going on other than the skating rink to nine <laughs> what you got okay going on? let's see what's happening so coming up for me i'm gonna be traveling a little bit okay um there's a there's an artist her name is chapel roan yes she's a singer um i was asked to open for a couple dates for her to her national tour Ooh. one of which is here in columbus which is going to be amazing it's already sold out so i was like I it was sold out before i said yes I know. I know um but it looks like i'm going to be in chicago and i think i'm going to be at webster's hall in new york as well oh my gosh I, I, we're in the what process are you of wearing that. Uh, well here's the every show is a different theme okay i literally columbus has a theme they sent me the themes already i was like what Columbus's themes are rainbow and rhinestones where the crowd will dress up. Everybody, it's this whole party. Oh, how exciting. And one of them is the title of one of her songs, which is called Kink is My Karma. Okay. So you have to come dressed as a kink. Ow. Yeah, that's a thing. Ropes. Like, girl, I'm like, here's the thing. I'm like, I would just be in all ropes. Money. Uh, <laughs> right. Cash is my kink, bitch. Do I mean, it. 
<laughs> make, make it shake. Um, let's see. I have um, episodes of season two of Treading Yesterday, which is the show that I filmed, which you are in as well. I'm in it. <laughs> um, I actually have stills and some of the edited stuff that's been sent to me. Oh my so God. it should be coming on, it should be streaming in March. Okay, cool. Um, I'll, once I know the officials, you will know. Oh, okay. for sure. For sure. Um, so that's good. It's the last three episodes of season two. Okay. Are where we, are where we will And what's the show there. called again for everybody? Treading Yesterday. Season one, you can watch on Tubi, mm-hmm. Deco, and it's on Amazon Prime. Okay. Um, and I believe that season two was picked up from all of those and they're looking at another streaming service. Okay. Like they chuck it out and whoever buys it, buys it. For sure. Um, and I'm going to start auditioning soon and getting my cast ready for Block Party 3, The Three Pete. Ah! It's yeah. a good show, yeah. I don't even it's, know what's about to be in it, but it's one of my favorite shows. It's a, it is its own vibe. You know, yes. Block Party, it's, it is 90s. 2000s R&B hip hop the culture that created my character the culture that created the actual character of Corey right me uh-huh. like it's I'm sorry there's no better music to me no like that that is love it is I yeah I am, I'm gonna spend it. I'm gonna expand on the dates like when mm-hmm. it comes to the music of it sure because I want to add some more stuff and there's some things I do want to do that yeah I'm not gonna limit it this time but it's we're gonna go hard and it's gonna be sure. stupid and fun and it's a party you know it's a whole vibe um and then i've got some stuff i can't talk about but it's really good <laughs> I can't it's wait. really good um a friend of mine put a weird thought who's not a religious person put a weird prayer on me like october of 21 mm-hmm. yeah before we moved and he said i see something for you that you don't see for you yet Okay. And you're gonna you're gonna move in a circle that you weren't ready for. And I was like, shut the fuck up. And I mind you, he was drunk at a party. So I was like, get out of my face. We're by a bonfire and we're not that close like that. So right. he pulled me aside and told me that stuff and it messed my mind up. That same person came to brunch this past Saturday. Oh, the walrus. And who's never been to brunch at the walrus uh-huh. and came and said, So I've seen you on TV. I heard you on NPR mm-hmm. and like starts going through the list of things that have started happening outside of me being on stage inside of one space. Yeah. He said, this is the beginning. And I knew that this was going to happen for you because you finally said yes to you. Yeah. And, and I've known you and he's known me forever, but we're not that close. Right. You know, one of those people that just sits on the outside, but then will pop in when the time's right. Pop out. Yeah. So there's some fun stuff happening. And plus brunch at the walrus. Yeah, which is on February eleventh. February eleventh. Yes. Proceeds go to Kaleidoscope. Youth they Center. sure do. Proceeds go to Kaleidoscope. Um, this you missed. This Saturday was. I know. Insane. I wasn't ready. We were down bad. We had a situation. We were. We were I, oh, bad. I understand. Yeah. I wasn't. I was not ready for what happened Saturday. It was packed. Like we showed up and a line went. They went the other way. Went the wrong direction. A line went to the stoplight. Speaking of pennies. No, no, it went the opposite direction to the stoplight on fourth. Okay. And then to Pecan Pennies. There were two wow. lines, they didn't unify. So we, I pulled up at 1045 and I was like, what the hell? I thought there was a sale at the dress shop, the wedding <laughs> shop next door. No, 
the moment the doors opened, the entire bar was packed, both sides. Oh my gosh. I was like this. And they were all there for drag brunch. I was like, wild. Oh, this is insane. Awesome. It was great. And Kaleidoscope got, they made some good money, which yes. is awesome which is great. People ate their food. They drank the drink. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was wonderful. And I still got home before like 1.30. That's a good day. Sure so was. if I if I want to keep up with the brunch and everything that you got going on, where can I follow you on social media? On social media, you can follow me on Instagram, which I'm going to be changing it soon, but it'll connect. Right now it's Anissa Love, A-N-I-S-A-L-O-V-E 2021. Mm-hmm. I'm changing it to 2023 soon. <laughs> I skipped 2022. I just, okay. I try to adjust it every year, but it'll connect. Um, you can follow me on Facebook as well, which is just Corey A. Williams. And you'll see pictures of Anissa, so you'll figure it out. Or you can follow me on Facebook at Anissa Love. It's the Anissa Love fan page. Oh. It's a thing. I need to go follow that. It's, it's and a, fangirl actual, you. But now the fun, now be prepared. I don't operate it i just get messages from it it was created by someone that's a friend of mine okay who also runs the anisa oh anisalove.com forgot about it i have merch Come i have a merch on. website they operate the whole thing so i don't know look at you got a team <laughs> i look had a team didn't even ask for see look at that that's all right but yeah so you could get merch and all that stuff at anisalove.com uh, okay what? well that's great thank you for letting the people know where they can find you and thank you for coming and showing up. He's a bad man. I'm t- telling you, just as fine as she can be. Karen, you are amazing. I hope you understand that this is a light that is so amazing. And I'm excited for you to do this. One of my um, really good friends has a podcast now on, on top of you, but they, it's eight months in. And I'm going to say her name because then I want you to tag them. Okay. Because I think right now their podcast is like third or fourth in the country. Turn it up. It is no for sure. Like K-N-O-W for sure. I'm looking it up right now. Um, It is two beautiful Black women. B. Simone, the comedian. I love B. Simone. And Megan Brooks. Look at them. Uh huh. Perfection. Megan is my girlfriend. Megan has been my girlfriend for years. We were in the paint together working at Macy's, and Uh then God yanked her out and said, This is now for you. So, this is what they do. Okay. And and B Simone's just ridiculous. They're both from Columbus, Ohio. They're both from the east side of Columbus. Okay. So, yeah. And that, and I, when I was talking to people about me doing uh, the culture of you, no, for sure, just was in my head. And I said, the thing is, it's centered around being your authentic self and especially loving the blackness that we have. Yes. And it's just, I am excited for this journey for you. I'm very excited. I'm, I'm in for the long haul. I'm gonna take my time and I'm gonna get to know yeah. my guests and we're gonna have a good time. It's gonna be fantastic. I Thank you for excited. starting me off right. Oh, shush. Anytime you need me, I'm always here. I know that, little kiddo. Yeah. All right. Well, I love you. I'm gonna stop this recording real quick. And okay. Thank you for joining us. It's been a treat. <laughs>